Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're going to take you away from the play. Saps, we had an exciting guest this week. Yes, we did. The one and only Genevieve Lacasse. <sighs> that was a crowd growing for her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to be in a crowd again and not feel like I'm going to get the freaking virus. Uh, so. I know, I know. But it was a great episode. Obviously, it's fun for me because Jen and I are really good friends. So it was like catching up with a friend. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was great to hear about her career and also just ask her some fun questions like about her goalie quirks and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, and this is what I, this episode's like so perfect for Jen because her and I, we don't even talk about hockey most of the time. We talk about weird life things. <laughs> I feel like you'll, I feel like you probably learned then a lot about like how she got into hockey. <laughs> it, it really was. <laughs> But Jen is an interesting person, just in general, so I'm glad we got to know her a little bit more, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to our Women's Hockey Monday. We are so excited to have my good friend, Geneviève Lacasse. She is on the Women's Hockey National Team. She plays in Montreal for the PWHPA. All-around good human. Um, Jen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So we're going to start with the easy question. We always ask this to our guests, but I'm going to switch it up for you a little bit. So normally we just ask people how they're holding up during the pandemic, but I'm going to be a little bit more specific and ask you, like, what has been the most challenging part so far for you? Ooh, most challenging part so far? Um... You know, I guess maybe at at the start, the first couple of months, you know, when we're in off-season training for hockey and whatnot, it wasn't really that challenging because can just train in the garage, whatever. But then once kind of the hockey season should have started, um, I would say kind of not having hockey games. For me, that's kind of my outlet in terms of getting that adrenaline rush, feeling that high. Um, it's kind of my my little drug so I would say that's been kind of one of the hard things but I, I've adapted and tried to kind of get that high through practices it's not the same thing but um I'd say that's definitely been one of my bigger challenges yeah, honestly if, if that's my biggest challenge it's not that big of a deal <laughs> <laughs> it's true but it, it's I kind of had the same feeling just like when I stopped playing hockey like after college for a bit where I was just like it took me a while to figure out what it was that was missing in my life, but I just like missed competing and like trying really hard. <laughs> Do you know, like you try really hard in practice, but it's, it's totally different. Absolutely. It's all, and it's, yeah, it's just not the same. Like as much as you want to say, like practice how you play and all of that, like it's just, 
It's just not the same as a game. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's just something you tell the media. And just, <laughs> yeah, believe it, okay? This is what this is what's happening in practice. We're just as intense, okay? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I know how this works. <laughs> uh, Jen, so happy to have you on the podcast. Obviously, we want to talk to you about a couple of things, including your hockey career. Um, and obviously, you've been playing hockey for a very long time. You know, was it something you always wanted to do? And, you know, how has your your view and like your perspective of the sport changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually start playing hockey till I was eight, which is pretty late in terms of Canadian standards. Uh, <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, yeah. I feel like all my teammates were on skates at three years old. You know, um, I did a figure skating for a year before and ballet, and I told my mom <laughs> I didn't didn't want to do it anymore because it hurt my hair. Um, you know, you've got to <laughs> have your hair pulled back so tightly and it just didn't feel very good. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in a military family. Uh, we went to an activities fair kind of thing and my parents let us pick a, a sport for every season. And my best uh, guy friend at the time, Patrick, he played hockey. So I chose hockey at the activity fair and I just, you know, played house league and uh, switched to goalie a year, two years later. And, uh, yeah, I mean, here I am 21 years later and I mean, throughout all of high school, I played every sport you can kind of imagine, mm-hmm. you know, track, cross country, volleyball, badminton, curling. Like I, I played everything and that's, you know, there's a few girls within the hockey Canada program that have kind of followed that path but most of the girls have kind of focused Mm -hmm. on hockey early on and for me it was just trying everything and playing every sport competitively and then you know my my hockey wasn't as high as my peers kind of thing it took me a little bit longer to get to my uh to my peak and I don't even think I'm there yet so (laughs) (laughs) well so then you tried a bunch of sports so what about hockey stood out oh uh well, I guess I was probably better at hockey than most of the other sports. And I just think that the teamwork and just like how complex it is and how creative I can be. Um, I have ADHD and therefore I get bored very easily. And hockey for me was just this way that I could express myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't play goalie like a normal goalie. I don't always do the moves that someone would expect the goalie to make. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's kind of my way of expressing myself, kind of a bit of a, a weird art form uh, in a sense. And yeah. I always enjoyed watching you play. Like, and now that I know that you have a ballet background and a figure (laughs) skating, I'm like, you were like, it's the most gracious background you could have (laughs) for a goalie. I think it's kind of perfect. I I feel Go ahead, Jen. No, I, I mean, I only lasted a, a year. It doesn't matter. It's months. part of your baggage. <laughs> I, I did ballet before. Like, I kind of started like you, Jen, at like seven. My mom had stuck me into ballet early on. And at one point I was like, I don't, I don't like it. And I think for me it was kind of more like, I mean, sure, my hair hurt, but that wasn't like. <laughs> but like, no one talks about that. It does hurt. It like, we pulled back. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so painful. Like, I hated recital. But it was it was more like it was too, I don't know, maybe I have un, undiagnosed ADHD, but 
it was too like monotonous and like predictable. I was like, I don't want to go to class and just like point my toe. As they say, like hockey was fun and dynamic and like reactive. I, I love that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I even, you know, I see on Instagram or Twitter, see like the speed skaters mm-hmm. practicing and I'm like, I have so much respect for them. Like that, it looks incredibly hard, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you do the same thing over and over again like yeah. I would be so bored out of my mind like but I mean even more respect to them for being able to do that like they're incredible yeah. athletes and they go through so much pain and training I see them in the gym too doing all their squats and bike sprints almost puking like every day oh, I'm yeah. like, that, that's not for me <laughs> man and their quads are just like machines it's insane it's actually incredible I guess and building on like kind of like your late start, you know, just entering hockey, it does like on paper seem like you had a little bit of a late start, like on the national team. I think you were like 22 or 23 and like your world, your first appearance at like Worlds was I think 2012. So, you know, as, as you and I know and like observe, like a lot of people start in the like lower, you know, tournaments, like whether it's like U18, et cetera, and like stay within the program and develop there you know what do you think like changed either in your game or like the way hockey canada saw you to kind of give you this like i'm going to put in quotations late late shot um because we do know they have a tendency to like pick them young and stick with them <laughs> yeah no absolutely yeah. and that's uh myself and uh renata fast are the only players on the team who never played for uh, their provincial team. So like team Ontario, team Quebec, whatever. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, for me, I, I was just more of a, a late bloomer in terms of I played all these other sports and didn't really focus on hockey. So compared to my peers, like I wasn't as good as them for sure. I was always good, but not kind of that, that top level. Mm -hmm. um so I think it just it just took some time and I still remember you know going to my first under 22 camp so this would have been in uh 2009 and they brought me in as the fifth goalie there so there was two players on team red for under 22 two players on the team white okay and then I was the fifth goalie so I was practicing with team red for two hours practicing with team white for two hours and then the national team was centralized there because they were going into the Vancouver Olympics. Um, and Charlene Labonte, she had rolled her ankle uh, playing basketball, warming up. So they were down to two goalies. So they needed another goalie on the ice with them. So then I'd hop <laughs> on the ice for two hours with them. No so, way. Oh, wow. Like, I, I just had the, the time between the Zamboni. I'd sit on the bench. They were bringing me protein bars and Gatorade. I'd just sit there. and. Um, you know, I was on the ice six hours a day for a full week. Like I was absolutely dead after that. But, you know, that was huge for my development. I remember doing goalie drills next to the other goalies, you know, just tee pushing from. So tee push is kind of our, our long push as a goalie, you know, from one face off dot to the other. And mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't even do that. And here I was at, you know, I guess at 20 years old and I couldn't even do that. And the other goalies were all very good at it so it just uh took a lot of development I mean Hockey Canada put a ton of uh time and money kind of into you know getting me the proper goalie training 
And I think having that creative base and me just figuring it out beforehand and then adding in mm-hmm. kind of the, the technical aspect uh, is kind of what made my game so special. I mean, that first experience, like, I'm sure you'll never forget it. And you've had the opportunities to participate in like two Olympics by now. So obviously I know like the goal remains the same, like regardless of the year, you want to win gold no matter what. But, you know, with that in mind, does the lead up to the Olympics always feel the same? Like maybe compared to the first time you were leading up there. I mean, obviously you just talked about (laughs) what that experience was like, but, you know, maybe compare what it was like at the start and how it is, you know, I guess at the most recent one in Pyeongchang. Yeah. um, So I guess even, you know, my first Worlds in 2012, I wasn't even really expecting to make the team like I, I just they they called me and told me I made the team oh wow okay so then you know come in third goalie um you know you're not going to play any games everything like that like they tell me ahead mm-hmm. of time which was great and then 2013 worlds I was third goalie again then going into 2014 worlds didn't know if maybe I'd get to play didn't get to play but um you know it's just so new and just like taking everything in and um, you know, just felt so lucky to be a part of that team and just try to fill any role, you know, be the locker room DJ, whatever it, it might be, bring, <laughs> bring Gatorade and towels to the girls in the locker room and <laughs> whatever it was. Um, and then I would say kind of the next four years leading into Pyeongchang, you really kind of know what to expect. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you think it's going to be a long kind of four years in between but the time flies like I can't even believe right now we're less than a year away from the next Olympics like it's crazy insane yeah yeah I mean you have no concept of like I I, maybe that's just like a a property of aging (laughs) but like (laughs) I don't know the years are just like flying by I can't believe you guys are kind of prepping for the next Olympics at this point I guess like continuing with your kind of where your mindset was at Jen like knowing that you know your first Olympic you didn't really get like the ice time do you like have that as a goal in mind like going into the you know let's say the following one Pyeongchang and now is it for you because like as a player it's like a little bit different like you know players could get moved you're gonna probably get a little bit of ice time regardless you know goalie's very binary you get the start or you don't um Mm -hmm. Do you, is this something you keep like top of mind when you're training or for you is just like be physically prepared and they're kind of going to make the, the call based on whatever they're feeling? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard cause we're kind of an individual sport within a team sport yeah. at the same time, but you're, a, you're being a team with your other goalie partners and you want them to succeed, but you also want to succeed. And you know, those years in between when you're training, you're thinking, you know, I, I want to be that goalie in the gold medal game. Like that's, you know, my dream is to win a gold medal. And then my secondary dream is to be the starter in the gold medal game. But yeah. if you ask that to all the other goalies, it's all our dream, right? For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I mean, it, if I, if I kind of put those expectations on myself, it's, it's, a nice motivator and you just have to you know that classic uh hockey player line like control what I can control the rest is out of my hands you know that's the the classic but it is you know that's what kind of can keep you sane through it that 
you know, in Pyeongchang, uh, I had a really good game against the U.S. in preliminaries, mm-hmm. um, beat them. And then, you know, I'm not sure if maybe I will get the start. Maybe I won't get told I'm, I didn't get the start. You know what? Like there's there's nothing more that I could have done to get that start. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, would I rather be on the team and, and be on the bench or not be on the team at all? Like I'd rather be on the bench if you ask yeah. kind of anyone. Yeah. So, um you know, got to make that quick decision then and there. Want to be a, a good teammate and try try to help the team win at all costs. And um, yeah, try to kind of you know everyone's going to have those feelings, and you just put them aside and move forward. Yeah, well, I think I mean, like you guys are all competitors, right? And that's what got you to that team, anyways. Like you kind of have to have this like individualistic drive, but also like the wherewithal that it is a team sport. Um, we just had a rower on, on and um, Marie was telling us like, you know, they, they had like really close times for this like coming Olympics and like six of them were like within like a second apart. And um, they actually asked them like their opinion of like, okay, who, who would you like to race with? Like, do you, do you want to do a solo double, whatever? And I was telling her sometimes I was like so envious of like, sprinters right because it's so clear like you're faster you're faster than the other person so obviously you're going to get like the top spot or whatever like a team sport can be difficult sometimes because you know there's too many variables sometimes it's like hard to like gain clarity why you may have not gotten your shot in one aspect or another yeah absolutely and it's you know even when they're evaluating it's just not everything's on the same playing field and yeah um, and there's, you know, a lot of history involved with evaluating and you don't necessarily know who's evaluating. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, you just, you, you do your best and you, you hope that that's good enough. Yeah. At least, at least it's good enough for you in your, in your heart, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you like you said, I don't want to be stereotypical, but you can only control so much. So you, you show up, you put in the effort, you do what you can and you move on. I guess building on kind of, I've always been curious because like I've heard that, you know, when you're at the Olympics, it's kind of, it can kind of become like a blur. So evidently like with time you get clarity and you have like a definitive result, um, you know, after an Olympic, which might like um, cloud your emotional relationship with certain Olympics. But I want to know like, is the feeling the same, you know, like when you're at your first Olympics and second Olympics, like if you could somehow like put yourself back, like in the middle of the Olympics, like you're just, you're still playing prelims and stuff. Like, is the emotional feeling the same or, or is it like different? I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, no, it does make sense. I honestly would say it's the same. Like when I think back to Olympics, like the first thing that comes to my mind is the opening ceremonies and that's that's when it hits you like Mm -hmm. holy bleep like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, you're just like holy fuck I made it like that's like you know like that's that's the moment when you're walking out with your country with your other fellow uh Olympians of different sports that's when it kind of hits you and then when you kind of enter your sport bubble I guess like you know, after the opening ceremonies, like you don't really see the other athletes, you see them a little bit, you know, within Mm -hmm. the village and whatnot, but then you're just so focused on hockey and practice and you're going to this and that. Um, You sometimes do get a day off, 
maybe can go watch another sport or something, but being, you know, with the hockey, uh, it's pretty much just, uh, curling, <coughs> sorry, it's, uh, curling in the speed skating, figure skating, that would be in our village. So hmm. you can kind of take a day off and go see some of that, but you got to get tickets firsthand. So that's sometimes it's a bit hard, mm-hmm. but I mean, really the, the feeling I, I felt the same in, in both Olympics. I mean, after the result, yeah, you do have different feelings. I have different yeah. feelings about Russia than Pyeongchang, but yeah, that's crazy. No, that's insane. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to, to be there walking, you know, in the, in the opening ceremonies, like that's unreal. And like, I really hope you'll get the chance to do that next year. I, and again, I still can't believe that the Olympics are in 2022, like <laughs> unreal how close we are to it. But, you know, what has been the most important part of your training or your, your mental prep so far? Oh, um, you know, honestly, it's, it was, it was tough at, at first, um, you know, kind of just training without a purpose, I would say like on the ice and I wasn't really enjoying myself, you know, kind of set these these boundaries on myself of like, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, this next Olympics and then uh, I'm going to be done after mm-hmm. that, you know, retire and whatnot. And it kind of like sucked the joy out of the sport for me. Um, and yeah, like I just wasn't very happy being on the ice and not really enjoying it. And I think like kind of deep down in, you know, in my heart or soul, whatever, like I, I didn't very much enjoy telling myself I'd be done after that mm-hmm. Olympics. So I kind of uh, removed that boundary and said, you know what, like, fuck it. Maybe I'm not done after the next Olympics. Maybe I'm going to want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, like just kind of took that limit away. And yeah. honestly, it's been such a game changer for me. Like I've never enjoyed being at the rink so much. Like I'm, out there chirping the girls and <laughs> you know making loud noises on the ice and just having a, like Mel you know what I'm talking about yeah, I know. <laughs> but um yeah like it, you know that was kind of tough for me uh, earlier on this year and you know having dealt with a bit of injuries the past two years it just wasn't as fun and I was just kind of trying to get through it to get to the Olympics and it's it just it just wasn't working for me. And I'm really happy. I kind of, um, made that change kind of in mindset. I was FaceTiming with, uh, my old teammate, uh, Haley Irwin and kind of just bouncing ideas with her. And that's, that's kind of how I got to that conclusion. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really helped me. That's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm so glad you've kind of like figured out, you know, what it was because sometimes it can be hard to like disassociate, and especially this year, it would have been so easy to just be like, oh, it's the pandemic, right? Like, we can use it's the pandemic as such a good excuse for for so many things because it is, like, taking a mental toll on a lot of people. And I think what you touched on is just, like, the importance of, like, having fun in your sport. Like, it changes your approach to it. I kind of had the same feeling, Jen, as you. Like, obviously, it's, it's very different for me like my playing career but like this year's been tough because like I might not play like a single game this year like Uh like practice was like hard especially like 
we practiced so early I'd come home from work and like I think it was like two Tuesdays ago Jen when you were like in that we were scrimmaging I felt like I actually like kind of played well and I wasn't like bad at hockey anymore and I asked myself like the following day I was like why did that feel so good it's like a I didn't work that day and I was like oh my god I was just like well rested and like I was just so eager to like move and just like I told myself like who cares Mel just like go have fun like you don't have to like put the pressure on yourself of like why can't you do the things you used to do and like it changed everything and even just watching the p-dub play last night I was like I texted Cax I'm like oh I'm kind of like actually jealous like I'm excited I want to play again and then here we are you just keep playing forever Jen <laughs> forever forever and ever but I'm I might have to switch positions uh, <laughs> if I want to play forever but <laughs> well you're gonna enjoy like our next series of questions now okay we're getting into the fun stuff but I just want to mm. I'm excited Jen that you kind of figured out what was kind of uh holding you back a little bit and I'm excited for you for the next yeah. year so. I mean you like and not even just in sports but just in life like that fun aspect like I was joking around with Mash the other day and she's like you just make jokes about everything and then (laughs) she goes your life is a joke (laughs) and I'm like yeah my life is a joke (laughs) and so now every time I say something funny I'm like yeah my life's a joke but like in a in a good way in a good way honestly I love it laughter laughter is like the best feeling and like it fills up a room and uh I miss socializing and going to comedy clubs, but okay. first, first fun question. Okay. So if you could play any sport in like the same level, like you're good at this sport, what sport would it be and why? Damn. Like you don't have to work for it. You're just like, naturally you switch tomorrow. Like you're on the same trajectory. Maybe golf. Like, I feel like, I mean, Golf or tennis are the kind of two big yeah. ones where they make a lot of money. So yeah. I want to do one of them. But I just Smart. feel like tennis looks so lonely out okay. there. Like, yeah, it just looks very, very lonely. Like you're, you could do doubles. <laughs> could do doubles. <laughs> could do not as much money though. Yeah, so you don't see the doubles <laughs> on TV. <laughs> you and Mel can team up. Come on. Yeah, very oh, nice. man, we, happen. Would, we would laugh uh, so much. <laughs> yeah, I would not be good. No. Uh, but yeah, golf. I find I find golf like very impressive. Those athletes, it's uh, to be that consistent, doing such a precise, precise kind of thing. And I find that there can be some kind of creativity within, within golf. And I don't think I would mind practicing golf like even as an individual sport it's just you're never going to hit kind of that same shot twice. yeah like there's always kind of some variable that's in there um yeah that's very true hmm. I have honest I think I'm like one of the only people who doesn't like golf but I also have never really given it a chance so maybe I should give it a chance yeah Jen, you might have convinced me it's a fun sport Kev just texted me uh uh Jen like was like do you golf I was like terribly but I like it and he was like, okay, we're going this spring. He's like, basically, he's like, friends, fun, and alcohol, obviously. I just want to ride around the golf course. That's all I want to do. Yeah. I mean, when I golf, I use, a, I use a cart. I do not. Uh, You'll find me on the cart. I do I might, not walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw walking. It's overrated. Okay. Jen, I want to know, because like goalies are known for their quirks. So do you have any superstitions or rituals that you do before games or 
or anything? Well, they're not called superstitions or rituals. They're called routines, you see. Uh, Okay, okay. Okay. I see where we're going. (laughs) Um, You know, nothing too, too crazy. I mean, I do the same kind of pregame routine and like visualization routine uh, before games. And then, you know, getting dressed, I usually put on the right side of my equipment before the left side, you know, right skate, left skate, right pad, left pad. Um, And then... It kind of the the weirder one would just be my water bottle. Like I I do not like people drinking out of my water bottle as a weird like superstition kind of thing. So okay. even if like the ref is like, Oh, your net's not frozen, like grabs my water bottle, like I hate that. Um, <laughs> Don't you do. Yeah, or like say like we get caught on an icing and a player like comes to my net and tries to drink my water, like I hate that. But if I if I offer my water to you, you can have some. Yeah, but. I feel like that's a big moment if you offer your water to somebody. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> like that person knows, like they just reach the next level of friendship. <laughs> never, I've never like reached for someone's water bottle, like on an icing call, like on the ice. I've never even thought of it. I guess there yeah. is like, a fountain there. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had it happen uh, a few times, and in college too, it happened more <laughs> so, but with the national teams a, a few times. Yeah. Okay, I have a really random follow-up. It has nothing to do with the quirks or anything. But yeah. before you mentioned how, like, back in the day, you would, like, take on a bunch of roles just to, like, fit in the team and make sure everyone's happy and whatever, you talked about being a locker room DJ. Yeah. What kind of locker room DJ are you? What well, are, I'm no what longer a locker room DJ. That no, but if you could put the music on in the locker down. room, what would you put on? Oh, well, probably kind of a mix of house music kind of different like remix songs some rap hip-hop in there you know a a couple kind of top 40 hits too to mix in with them any country in there uh maybe post game yeah okay not before the game though yeah yeah unless it's like four hours ahead and people haven't showed up yeah yeah jen (laughs) mel's a good locker room dj I don't know how I well, DJ it. Melly. Oh my god! Like and the worst handle. part is like, I feel like I've always just like fallen into that role. Like I don't know why. <laughs> it's like either I had a speaker or like I was standing out with my phone, and they were like, "You have Spotify, right?" I'm like, so much pressure. But Jen, you were actually a DJ, right? Like, yeah, I actually DJed Wait, in college too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm just uh, learning this now i had all the kind of dj equipment and speakers and i had all these dj lights and so in the dorms we would have parties we uh (laughs) we snuck a keg in a hockey bag into the dorms (laughs) and, (laughs) and had a kegger with like the men's and women's uh soccer teams and hockey teams and they all just kind of crammed into a dorm room. And then I had my speakers and whole DJ thing and I was mixing. And um, yeah, that was super fun in college. I, I only DJed at a bar one time in college. Did you have a DJ name? Did anyone give you a DJ name? Uh, not really. Like, not not necessarily. It would just kind of always change. Right. Um, but it, it, was, it was really fun. It was uh, good times. I still have the equipment at home, but I haven't DJed in many years. Okay, well... Post pandemic, <laughs> gotta throw some party. Make it the DJ mix. We'll put it in our. We'll put it in our episode. Oh my god, <laughs> Jen has many skills, guys. Everyone needs to know that. Okay, 
Next question. If you could remove or like redesign a piece of your equipment, like what would it be? And like, it could, you wouldn't get injured. Like if you want to say, I hate the helmet, if we could just like not have helmets, <laughs> let's not have them. But is there something about your equipment you're like, it's just like a shitty design. How have we not improved on it? Well, you mentioned helmet, like the helmets haven't really changed since I've been a goalie. They're super heavy. I mean, they've changed the foam on the inside. It's a bit more memory foam now than just kind of that hard foam. But like the outer shell of the helmet has not changed at all. Like it's the same thing. And yeah, they're super heavy. Um, You know, I usually won't skate for two, three months in the summer. And as soon as I start skating again, I have like really bad headaches for two, three weeks. Just my neck needs to get used to kind of having that helmet mm-hmm. on again. And um, so, yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I just, I just don't think there's been much kind of R and D put into the helmet. It's just, Oh, this nice thing that you paint and yeah, it works, you know, but it doesn't even really work. You get pucked to the head. You're like half concussed. So <laughs> yeah, I took a slap shot to the face last week and what? Yeah, you did. <laughs> just like ripped one right into my face. And yeah, it hurt. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? My jaw was like cramped up for at least a couple days. But I bet. it's so true. Oh like there, there must be a lighter material that that is just as resistant. I don't know. Yeah, like there's some uh, lower end helmets mm-hmm. that are like different materials and that are a lot lighter. But you're not gonna mm-hmm. catch like a pro goalie wearing one of those helmets. That's okay. for sure. Mm. Well, Jen, we know you've battled like a lot of different injuries and and stuff. Like if you could replace a part of yourself, like no rehab, whatever, like what would it be? Oh, uh, geez. Maybe right now I'd probably say my back. I have a bit of a, uh, disc herniation. So just have to watch kind of what I'm doing in the, in the gym and on the ice. It just you know, gets a little bit swollen there in the lower back. So yeah, just put a new little new spine. There. Yeah, new spine. <laughs> Big deal. Can you imagine it would be like the auto shop? No recovery. You just go in and get new parts. Yeah. <laughs> Off you go. Oh, that'd be so nice. Okay, Jen, um, we have one last question. Um, what has like the pandemic kind of taught you? could be personal or you know from a society perspective you know what do you hope has changed when we come out of this this is deep yeah you you know me ending on a deep note i know right oh jeez um what society has been taught so like what you could say what the pandemic has taught you or like if you want to go bigger like yeah what do you think will like stick in a positive way? I mean, for people to not cough in their hand, that's for one. <laughs> yeah, true. People are like, the flu numbers are down. Yeah. Washing your hands and like social distancing. <laughs> yeah. It does work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think maybe just not taking those kind of social moments for granted. I know that. Mm -hmm. You know, moving out to Montreal, um, 
two and a half years ago, like, you know, I have some friends that live here, or even teammates, you know, we're like, oh yeah, let's do dinner sometime. And then you do dinner and you're like, man, we should do this more often. You know, this yeah. is nice, but you just get so stuck in your kind of daily, yeah, daily life of like, I'm, you know, pretty tired. Don't really want to, you know, I want to make mm-hmm. dinner, sit on my couch, watch TV and when you do have those interactions and go for dinner at someone's house or whatever, and you have that, it feels so good after you're like on a high, you're like, man, yeah. you should do this more often. And then you don't. Yeah. And, um, Instead of just saying it, do it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like making less excuses for like socialize. I, it reminds me like it's different for you. Cause like working out is like your job, but it's like, you know, for me recently, and like a lot of people, sometimes it's just hard to get to the gym. But once you're at the gym and you do the yeah. workout and you leave, you, you never regret it. It's just being like getting there. So I feel like socializing sometimes is like that. You it's know? like the same thing. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You're flexing your mind muscles, social muscles. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. Your mind but muscle. I like that. Yeah. But it's honestly like, and I find, a lot of people that I've talked to, um, you know, you see all this stuff on social media and it's like, oh, fuck 2020 is the worst year and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. many times when I've talked to people, they, they say, you know, actually, I haven't had hockey on the weekends. I've been able to go snowboarding with my son or, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone's kind of had their stories of like positives that's come yeah. out of it. And even though you see all this stuff on social media, I've found that in person or, you know, catching up with people, everyone's kind of finding really good things that have come out of it. You know, my mm-hmm. best friend, uh, Brenly, she had a baby in uh, October and I was able to quarantine here for a bit and um, head out there to help her out for a week, you know, help her and her husband out for a week when uh, little Hunter, he was you know, three weeks old. And if it had been a normal year, like I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, And even for her, Brantley, her husband, Jason's a gymnastics coach. And so with the pandemic, you know, his hours have been way reduced. Um, His gym was even closed for a bit. So he was able to stay home um, with her and with Hunter and like spend some really good quality time that he would have been having to go to work and not, you know, get to see his newborn son. So there's been so many good stories and I hope that people keep sharing those stories more and more because you know it there's been some really bad stuff that's happened but I think we need to kind of uh, also remind ourselves of all the good that's happened because of it definitely it's so true honestly like even like when I think back of 2020 it's so weird like I'm going to be 28 at the end of March. And I'm like, okay, if I look back at my year, I don't know what I'm looking back at really. Cause it's just been such a weird year, but a little bit like the stories you were telling, like I hadn't worked for like 10 months because of the pandemic. And initially it sucked. Like it was just trying to find like a routine, find a schedule. But then eventually I was like, Oh, I actually have time to like take care of myself. <laughs> all that stuff that I had been putting off. Cause like I've been working, you know, like all day, every day. I'm like, Oh, I can actually like go for walks and like work out and like eat right. And, and like do things on my own schedule without, without anyone telling me what to do, when to do it and all that. So I think that there's joy in all this. Obviously it's not easy Uh, on anyone I mean like I was I had the privilege of not having to stress too much about money so Mm -hmm. I think that helps but I think that 
even though 2020 was like a super challenging year and it's still a challenging year in 2021, like it hasn't been easy. I think that there are some positives and I think just being like mindful, you know, finding meaning in like the small things and taking being grateful and having some gratitude for like just the small moments too goes yeah. a long way. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. we had to do an exercise with our mental skills coach about gratitude and okay. one of the things was like go for a walk and like try to notice 10 things like just notice and Mm -hmm. one thing I noticed was like a garbage can overflowing with like all these wrappers and coffee cups and garbage all around and I was like ew and then I was like you know what actually that is a good thing that means people are out using a garbage can at the park that means a lot more people are walking than normal that's why it's overflowing you know like spinning that into like Mm -hmm. a gratitude thing instead of being like ew garbage (laughs) yeah Yeah. I find like I sometimes challenge myself to just be like okay I'm going outside I'm not gonna look at my phone I'm not gonna listen to music I'm just gonna listen to like the cars passing by or just like look at the trees and like force myself to be more in like the moment than like distracted by like I don't know a podcast or whatever not to say that you know obviously sometimes it's nice <laughs> podcasts like, are bad <laughs> podcasts are the worst <laughs> that's pretty ironic but um, <laughs> but you know what I mean like just kind of like enjoy what's around you and and be like you said just a bit more grateful a bit a bit more mindful too yeah I think what it's done is it's just like slowed down like if I had to like picture 2020 the pandemic it was like we've just gone into slow motion, right? Because we've had to mm-hmm. like really slow down everything, like slow down our movements while we figured this thing out, right? And I think it's just like forced people or allowed them, whichever way you want to think about it, to reflect on like a lot of things. Like I've had the same interaction, gens with like my friends from back home. People are just like reflecting on their lives and being like, wait, am I happy doing the things I've been doing? Or like, they've they've tried to like change certain things because they've had like more time on their hands and I I also hope that like a lot of that just translates once life uh or once we we get out of this slow-mo and go back to normal speed because I am a little bit eager but yeah I hope I hope things uh I think some of the good habits hopefully will stick with people and, and make the world a little bit better I agree Well, Jen, this has been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed being on the show. We really liked having you. Yes, Um, it was so much fun. I I was excited about this because I think you have like a really fun story and, and, you know, you're just so much more than a hockey player and I think it's fun to to ask you these interesting questions. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It was a good time. Time time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. And uh, all the best. <laughs> Obviously, you guys have a camp coming up and, you know, you're you're on the road to 2022. So um, all the best. And we really look Keep forward to seeing what happens. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you around. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Balado Quebec. You could also find a recording of most of our interviews on YouTube. Yes, that is true. And you know what? You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Away From The Play and on Twitter at Mel underscore and underscore Safs. You can also follow us individually on Twitter at saps underscore on the go and for myself at mel the rock 
Special thanks to Matsu Brutus for the music and Naimalu for our logo. Give them both a follow on Instagram. We can't wait to see you next week.